All right. This morning, I want to speak to you for a few moments. The title of this morning's message is Time to Move. Now, before you think I crafted this message to fit what we're doing right now, those of you who know me, if you've been with me for any length of time, you know I'm horrible, absolutely horrible at formatting messages to holidays or any other thing. I Half the time, I don't even, if it ain't Christmas, I don't know about it. I don't format messages to fit a situation. And, um, and I didn't do it this time. In fact, I had another message that I was working on, and I had preached it to myself probably a couple dozen times, and I had it about 90% ready to go, and uh, Jaleesa messed it up. Because Jaleesa came into the church one day to see where we were in our move, and I was about to take the real-life church sign off the wall, and she said, Pastor, you've got to do something about that. You've got to do a before picture or after picture or time lapse or something like that. And I thought, time lapse, that's kind of interesting. So, Sister Fowler, if you can, put that time lapse up on the screen. And, uh, dude, I move like a chipmunk on steroids, man. <laughs> Ain't nothing slow. Jorge, I climbed that ladder faster than you, bud. So... <laughs> We put that up on Facebook, and then it, this is what changed. I, I did a little, um, whatever you call it, a caption or whatever on the Facebook page that I did that, and this is what I wrote. Um, and then I know, Sister Fowler, I skipped. I'll go back to the scripture in just a second. But this is what I wrote on the caption for that time lapse. Sometimes moving in and building is an act of faith, and at other times tearing down and moving out is an act of faith. Moving forward in faith. And as I, you know, I don't know if you ever listened to Andrew Walmack. Andrew Walmack sometimes will be preaching and then he'll just stop and say, now that's awesome. <laughs> because what came out of him, he wasn't thinking about. He says things that surprises himself. And so he's not complimenting himself. He's like, God, you're making me look really good. And when I wrote this, I sat back and said, wow, that's awesome. And I had to ponder it for a while, and so it took my spirit in a complete different way. And so today I want to talk to you about a time to move. And this isn't just about RLC. If you'll hear what the Spirit of Grace is saying this morning, I'm going to help you walk every day by faith. I'm going to help you walk through every environment you encounter by faith. And as long as you're staying in faith, it doesn't matter whether you're moving in or moving out. It doesn't matter whether you're building up or tearing down. As long as you are doing what you're doing in faith, God is well pleased. Amen. So we're going to start by looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I want to read to you verses 1, 2, and 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, reading it to you out of the New Living Translation, says this. For everything... There is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Now, one of the things that I want to say to you is this, that in our modern dictionaries, we, if you look it up, you, a season is defined as four sections of the calendar. Four, we divide it up according to the calendar. But there was a time when our culture wasn't so calendar-driven, and they were activity-driven because we were an agricultural society. And so a season is actually historically defined as time given to a certain activity. You knew what season you were in. Everyone say, I'm listening. This isn't useless information. This will help you. 
a season is time dedicated to a certain activity so you know what season you're in by what activity you're having to go through. You're in sowing time or you're in reaping time. You're in building time or you're in tearing down time. You're following me. So when you're engaged in a certain activity, you can know what season you're in. And I want to tell you this, only you need to know. Because onlookers, it's too easy for them to confuse or not understand what season you're in because they think you ought to be doing this when God has you doing that. And if you abdicate, mm, okay, now that's awesome right there. If you abdicate the activity that God gave you, you're aborting the reward of the season. Shundaliandai. If you change the activity because of what they say, then you're aborting the reward that's due to that season. Every season has its own particular reward. So Solomon says this, he said, For everything, there is a season. For everything. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time, now listen to this, a time to tear down and a time to build up. Mm. One of the greatest threats to a life of faith is the human desire yearning for comfort. We, as a people, desire comfort above all other things. And I'm, when I say it's a, gr a threat to the life of faith, please, I'm not talking about your sofa or your lazy boy or even comparing leather seats to cloth seats in your car. I'm, not ta I'm talking about comfort of the soul, where in our, in our soulish realm, in our spiritual walk, we, we covet comfort. And, and you've heard me say this to you before, that if we value comfort, as greater than our calling, we will forfeit our destiny. Because you need to understand that God is not committed to your comfort. He's committed to your growth. And there are times when growth is painful. And all change involves conflict. And so we got to understand. Now, when I say conflict, you know, you can't even change your shirt without coming into conflict with what you thought was looking good until your wife looks at you and says, what is that you're wearing? And then there's conflict because I thought that wrinkled shirt looked really good and it would be great on TV. And she's like, no, you got to iron it. And so there's conflict. Of course, she always wins. But you can't, you can't change anything without coming into conflict with something. And so we got to understand that if we're going to be walking by faith and every great thing of God is encountered only by those who walk by faith, those who settle for comfort will always look on and wonder and say, I wish I could experience what you're experiencing. But they don't want to walk by faith. If walking by faith was easy, everyone would do it. You, you follow me? Paul, Paul told Timothy in, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 to fight the good fight of faith. Everyone say fight. That word fight in the Greek is the word agon. Fight the agon of faith. We know it as agony. 
There's an agonizing aspect to walking by faith. Why? Because you come into conflict with other people's opinions. You come into conflict with what you think it ought to look like. You come into conflict with the way you think God ought to do it. God ought to do it this way. Well, I agree. God ought to do it that way, but God don't always do it the way I think he ought to do it. Sometimes he wants me to adjust to his will because he ain't about to adjust to mine. And so we come into conflict, and there's an agony of faith. And, and when you encounter an agonizing season, an inconvenient season, a season of growth or pain, the human tendency is to draw back and settle down. But if we're not changing, we're not growing. And if we're not growing, we're really not living. Because everything that has life grows. When something ceases to grow, it's dying. Have you ever had a plant that just suddenly stopped blooming? It stops growing. When it stops growing, it's because death has taken over. And it's the same in our human experience. If we're not growing and developing, it's because we are dying. Well, Jesus didn't call us to death. He called us to life and everything that has life is growing. So we should always be developing. If 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 tomorrow's the day we die, then today is still a day of development. We we're not we're not dying, waiting to die. We're living until that moment comes. And that moment ought to find I've said this to you before. That moment ought to come as an invader. We ought to be saying, listen, you got to wait because I got one more chapter to write. I got one more song to sing. I got one more thing to do. I don't have time for you. And if we're living, we're developing. If we're living, we're growing. If we're living, we're moving. Is this making sense to you this morning? So the greatest threat to our walk of faith is that human concern for comfort. Listen to this. Where we are preoccupied. With convenience. Convenience can't be the first thing that we consider. And I'm not just talking about RLC, I'm talking about in life. There will be times God will set before you a task and it's inconvenient. He'll set before you an opportunity and it's inconvenient. The timing ain't right. The place ain't right. It's, it's, it's all wrong. And we said, well, Lord, if you just bring this to me later, I'll do it later. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That just ain't about getting saved. That's your breakthrough. Now's the day of breakthrough. Now's the, the time where we push through. Now's the time when we grow. When he presents us an opportunity, convenience isn't our primary concern. Our only concern is, Lord, is this you? And if it's you, then I'm swinging my legs over the edge of the boat. It may not be a Listen, when the wind is howling, and the, ra the waves are beating. That's an inconvenient time to walk on water. Oh, ain't nobody even getting what I'm saying. It's inconvenient to step out of a boat in a storm. But that's when the opportunity presented itself. For the Lord said, yeah, it's me. Come on out. Peter couldn't. If Peter had sat back and said, well, Lord, you know, if the waters were calm, I would do it. Can we wait till tomorrow when the storm has passed? Peter could have said that. And his opportunity for a timeless adventure would have ended. Don't wait for convenience. The only thing we need to know is, Lord, is this you? And we don't shrink back when it's time to move. We move. First, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. 
says this, Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into different kinds of temptation. You've heard me say this before, that what temptation is is pressure. That's all it is. It's pressure to give in, give up, get out. When temptation comes, understand all it is is pressure coming from an external place to get you to do something that's going to abort your destiny. So James said, when the pressure comes, and how many of you know you don't live on this planet too long before you experience pressure? And when you're faced with an opportunity to grow the temptation, the pressure comes to give up, to get out, to stop one moment short of your miracle, to retreat when you should be advancing, or to change the activity of the season simply because they don't understand. Why are you doing that? Because, see, everyone under, they, hmm. There are some times when you don't want to meddle. Everyone thinks they know what faith looks like. And the truth of the matter is they don't. Because faith is not corporate. Faith is individual. Relationship with God. Listen, you can come to church and that don't make you a Christian, just like going to the doctor or the hospital don't make you a doctor. It's individual. And so someone can't look at the season. Mm, Let me read this and then I'll jump over there. Count it all joy when you encounter different kinds of pressure. Knowing that the trying of your faith, not of your intellect, not of your willpower, not of your physical stamina, but the trying of your, everyone say it together now, Trying of your, trying of your, you need to understand that every, what the devil wants to take from you ain't your stuff. I've heard people say, well, the devil's trying to take, he don't care about your stuff. What he wants is your, because he knows if he can get you to give up on your faith, he's already won. You can hear echoing through the chambers of time, Job's wife, why don't you just curse God and then die. That's all the enemy wants. And he really don't want you to die till you curse God. But why don't you curse God because life is too hard? Why don't you curse God because you're going through something you would have not rather have gone through? And we don't want to endure hardship, which is just a hard time. Can I say, in the good times, where's God? He's with you. In the hard times, where's God? He's with you. Did he not say, I'll be a very present help even in a time of trouble? So don't let them look at the season you're in to determine the faith you're in. Listen, I might be walking through a valley surrounded by shadow of death. And it's real easy for you to stand off in another place and say, well, if you were walking by faith, you wouldn't be walking through that. No, 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 baby. See, what you're doing is you're looking at my environment to determine my faith. You're looking at the season I'm in to determine the faith I'm walking in. And you ain't the judge of my faith and I ain't the judge of yours. I wish the church would start celebrating faith instead of criticizing each other's faith. 
because you can't, listen, all you know, if I'm walking, that is my faith. It's the faith that I have in him that allows me to put one agonizing foot in front of the other foot. I'm walking. Maybe I ain't running, but, baby, I'm moving. And as long as I'm moving, I'm moving because it would be easier to lay down and die. But I'm moving by faith. So don't sit back there and look at what we look at. If you, mm. Years ago, there was a very dear friend of mine, a man who had given himself, his wife, and his family to missions. And he had, what, four or five children, yeah? Four children. And one of them, a beautiful young girl who was physically and mentally handicapped. And some preachers got to him and told him verbatim, if you had faith, you wouldn't have given birth to that. There will be people that will look at where you are, what you're going through, where you come from, and they'll say, if you had faith, you wouldn't be going through that. You and I need to settle something right now. They are not the author, and they are not the finisher. Faith is not, we, we don't know what faith looks like. What you deem as failure may actually be faith fully manifested and I'm going to take us in just a second to Hebrews chapter 11 you got to understand faith don't look the same on everybody and so don't don't tell me because I ain't driving a Mercedes Benz that I don't have faith listen you don't know but it took faith to get that old one my truck is so old if it was a man it could buy alcohol but it was a faith act so don't tell me because I'm riding a bicycle I ain't got faith because without faith I'd be walking don't look at where I am and what I'm going through. and Just celebrate my faith with me instead of criticizing the season I'm in. As long as I'm moving, I'm moving by. Well, since I quoted, let's go there. Psalm 23. Is this okay this morning? See, some can't endure. Years ago, before we're getting, well, I'll go to Psalm 23 in just a second. Years ago, I sat... We, we had a, a particular church member who's since moved away, and I had counseling session after counseling session with this person, and none of my witty words or my deep-seated biblical scholarship could get through to her. And it was always the same. It was, and then one day we were sitting there talking, and she's just going on and on about her struggles, and I didn't even know I was doing it. I was looking at her, and I apparently smiling. And finally she got, she got really, she's like, why are you smiling? I said, I'm smiling because you're suffering. You're struggling. And then I said these words, and I never forgot them. I said, your struggle is a good thing because it's proof you ain't quit. Your struggle is a good thing because it's proof that you've not given in to the pressure. You're still resisting. You're still trying. You're still moving. Maybe you're not moving at the pace they say you ought to, but listen to me. If you're struggling this morning, that's a good thing. Don't feel condemned because you're struggling. At least you ain't quit. You ain't laid down to die. You're still struggling. You're trying to recover. You're moving through. Everyone say, it's time to move. Where did I tell you to go? Boy, I'm jumping all over the place. I can't even follow myself. I'll go back. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 2, he makes me. He makes me. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, here's what I want you to see, that in a season of rest and refreshing, the Lord made David to lie down. It'd be real easy to look at David and say, David, it's time to work. You ought to be up doing something, you lazy bum. You're just lying there doing nothing. But the Lord made David to lie down. Because he was in green pastures besides quiet waters. And he was being refreshed. But then if we come to verse 4, and I want you to notice that between verse 3 and verse 4 is just a dot. We don't know what caused the change, but in verse 3, he's in green pastures. In verse 4, he's suddenly in the valley of the shadow of death. How'd he get there? I don't know. But the change came suddenly. But I want you to notice this. When his environment changed, so did his posture. Listen. When it was a different season, there was a different activity. Selah, I need, to, I, need this, I need this to sink into us, see, because we think that if it's of faith, it's always going to be this way. But then when things change and we don't change with it, we're suddenly out of sync with what God's doing and we're wondering, where did we miss it? We missed it because the season changed and our activity did not. Because we become addicted to the old songs, the old preaching style, the old location, the old place where we used to work, old relationships. Anything you hold on to, if it ain't part of the new season, it's out of season. And if it's out of season, you always notice that they mark down and sell cheap out of season stuff. If it's out of season, it's because it ain't right for this season. And what is in season always costs you more, but it's worth the price because it's fresh. And we always want to be in season with what God is doing. May, could it be inconvenient? Most likely it will be inconvenient. Could it, re, could it require of us growth? Oh, most certainly, baby, it will require growth. And it will, it will force us to change. But if we, Lester Summerall once said this. He said, in 50 years of ministry, I never missed a move of God. Never missed a move of God. Because he said, anywhere God went, I followed. When God was over here, I was over there. But when God moved over there, I went over there. See, now some people, what they're, they're unwilling to make the change. They want to stand over here and cry for God to come back to the old times. But what we know when we, we read the story of the Exodus, whenever that cloud moved... They moved. Now, did, did, did they always know whether it was going to the left or going to the right? No, they couldn't sit there and say, well, you know what? It went left today. If it goes left, baby, go left. If it goes right, go right. If it stops, you stop. But when it moves, it's time to Entire denominations, generations of people have missed God because they failed to move when he moved. 
once again, I'm not talking about us as a congregation. It applies to a congregation, but only applies to a congregation because it applies to us as individuals. When God wants to do a new thing, don't hold on to the old thing. Oh, but you don't know what it cost me. Forget about the cost. Forget about what you put into it. Because what God will do in the new season will always serve. Have you not heard? Do you not know the glory of the latter house will surpass that of the former house? The glory that is coming will always be greater than the glory that was. So why do you hold on to the glory of what was and miss the glory of what is? I heard T.D. Jake say one time, the greatest handicap in the lives of the people of God is their inability to say goodbye. They never want to say goodbye. And so God moves on and they're left behind. Let's not be those people. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Key point right here. For you are with me. Where, let's, I'll, 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 I'll guise it in King James so it's easier for you to digest. Where art thou with me? Thou art witheth me in the green pastures, and thou art witheth me in the valley of the shadow of death. You follow me? See, David said, he made me lie down in last season. In the last season, he made me to lie down. But when the environment changed, I got up from my lying down posture and I began to walk. Now, don't judge me because I'm in the valley because I'm walking through. And the reason I'm able to walk through is because he is with me. See, we look at the green pastures and we say, oh, certainly the Lord was there. But David made a point of pointing out even in the valley of the shadow of change where I'm walking into a new thing from an old thing, he's with me. Mm. Hallelujah, Father. I don't, I'm blessing myself if I ain't helping you at all. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. When it's time to move into a new season, a new location, a new direction, do we trust him enough to move forward? Or do we become scared and shut down? Listen to this. One can, one can choose to stop moving and feel safe, or they can move forward toward growth. But you can't do both. I want to say that again. We can choose to just settle down, be comfortable, be comfortable with the way it looks, be comfortable with the way it operates, be comfortable with, or we can choose to move forward with him and grow, but we can't do both. Don't go, I wrote this down, I hope, don't go through life. Grow through life. I want to say that again because that blesses me. Don't go through life. Grow through life. Growth almost always involves pain and change always involves conflict. We can't shrink back from those and endure the blessing or have the blessing that comes as a result of growth. Once again, verse 1, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity 
under heaven. There's a sowing time. There's a harvest time. Each season requires faith. Each season, no matter what the activity, requires faith. And faith is required to please him. I once heard Gloria Copeland say, God will never give you a life that does not require faith. Never. When you were at the previous level, it required faith. You're at a new level. You know what it requires? When you get to the next level, you know what it'll require? When you get to the level after that, you know what it will be. There's a time to tear down, a time to build up. It takes faith to build up. We all know that. But it also takes faith to tear down. Especially when you're heavily invested in what you built up. Listen, some of us, we have relationships that are out of season. Hello? We have relationships. Listen, the people that helped you out at the last level may not be there at the next. They may not be. And that's not a bad thing. It really isn't. But if you go to another level and they don't go, that's, maybe they're not called to that level. But if God is beckoning us onward and upward and we won't go because we want to hold. Listen, they almost missed David because they couldn't let go of Saul. There's a time when you stand still in faith. And there's a time when you move forward in faith. It's not about the standing or the moving. It's about are you doing it in faith. Hebrews 11 is an amazing chapter. In there, we read the faith of people like Abel and Enoch, Abraham and Moses. We read about Abraham and Jacob, and we read about Joseph. Go ahead and put, if you would, Hebrews 11, verse 33 up on the screen. All of these people, verse 33, listen to what it says. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. Yeah, that's what faith looks like, baby. You're advancing, you're increasing, you're taking kingdoms. Yeah, that's what faith looks like. And we keep reading. They wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the strangers. Verse 35, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. These were all praised for their faith. And it's easy to see when you're conquering and you're advancing, right? That's faith. But if we keep reading, let's go down to verse 36. Others were mocked and experienced the most severe beating with whips. They were in chains and imprisoned. Well, that ain't faith. Careful. Careful. You can't look at me and determine my faith by my environment. Any more than I can look at you and say, well, if you had faith, you wouldn't be going through that. If you had faith, you wouldn't have given birth to. Let's be careful how we judge each other. 
Because for some of us, it takes all the faith of Abraham not to smack somebody. Right? Because your flesh cries out to give him a beating. Your spirit is saying, restrain, restrain, restrain. And your flesh is saying, beat down, beat down. And so it takes all the faith. But you know what? When you refrain from giving them a verbal lashing or physical, God says, now that's faith. That's faith. That's faith. Because you operated in love when none was offered. Verse 34, they quenched. No, I already read that. 37. Some of these faith champions. Are y'all following me? Some of these, let's say it together, faith champions. Just like Abraham was applauded for his faith, so were these folks. Some of these faith champions were brutally killed by stoning, being sawn in two or slaughtered by the sword. These lived in faith. As they went about wearing goatskins and sheepskins for clothing, they lost everything they possessed. They endured the great afflictions, and they were cruelly mistreated. They wandered the earth, living in the desert wilderness, in caves, on barren mountains, and in holes in the earth. Truly, the world was not even worthy of them, not realizing who they were. Everyone say, it's time to move. Don't ever feel condemnation because they judge your faith by your environment. The only one that knows whether you're operating in faith or not, there's only two, actually. There's you and there's him. If we'll understand this, that people are going to make, they're going to confuse things because they think this car is faith or that house is faith or if you're walking in faith... There are sometimes the world itself is not worthy of the faith, the faith you present in simply being willing to be mistreated cruelly and not give in, not give up, and not get out. That you keep walking by faith through every environment. When there's good times, you celebrate. When there's bad times, you keep going. But every, you, every season of life, no matter what the activity is that's required, oh, I wish you could feel what I feel in my soul. There are some times when we need to lie down and let the Lord refresh us. But when the when the circumstances change, change with him, say, Lord, what is your will for this season? And if he says move, then you just you put one foot in front of the other and you make steps to follow him. Faith isn't about an outward appearance. It's about an inward conviction. Romans chapter 8, I love this. There's a, there's, I want to read it to you out of this translation here. We all know this, that God causes all things to work together for our good, the, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I came across this translation, and I want to read this to you. We know that in all things, everyone say all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those. We know that in all things, God works. We know that in all things, God works. For the good of those who love him. I like that. I like the way it words that in, in all seasons of life, God is at work. We sang it this morning that God is at work when it when you even when you can't see it, God is at work. Even when it seems like God has abandoned you, God is at work. When when your own flesh cries out, it ought not to be this hard, it ought not to be this complicated. There ought not to be so much intrigue, and there ought not to be keep moving. Keep 
moving because in all things God works. Everyone say that. God works. Who's God working for? For you. And He's causing all things. He's He's bringing all things together for your good. The only thing that He requires of us is to keep walking by faith. Keep walking by faith. Keep walking by faith. I know I already said this, but don't look at what I'm going through and tell me I lack faith. Because the key word is through, baby. The key word is through. I'm walking through it. The word through means out and into and into and out. In one side and out the other. (laughs) Hallelujah, Father. There is a time to lie down. And there's a time to move on. There's a time to build up and there's a time to tear down. But whatever we are doing, we must be doing it in faith. Listen to this. Because faith is the undergirding and overriding belief that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I want to say that again. Faith is the undergirding and the overriding conviction that the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered of the Lord. Hmm. Just trying to see what I need to read to you. I wrote this down. Listen to this. This is by Frederick Douglass, and I thought this was good. If there is no struggle, there is no progress. If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and endurance. Verse 4, James chapter 1. And let endurance. Let patience. Do you know why the Bible says to let patience have its perfect work? Because there is an opportunity. Everyone look at me because I need you to. The reason why the Holy Spirit through James said let patience have its perfect work is because you'll have every opportunity to opt out. Selah. You will have a choice. When you encounter the trying times, when you encounter the uncomfortable times, you have a choice. I can either step back or I can move on. And here's the danger in stepping back. Is it all right if we just keep it real? The Bible says if we step back, we step back to de, 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 say it together now, destruction. If we shrink back, we shrink back to our own destruction. So when the time comes and we have an opportunity to make a choice, there really is no choice. I've got to press through. Maybe I got to pray all night to find the strength to wake up in the morning. Maybe I need to stay in the word a little bit longer than I used to. Maybe I need to quit listening to some of the naysayers and quit listening to the haters and shake it off. But when the when the when the opportunity is there to shrink back, I got to understand if I shrink back, I'm not shrinking back to their destruction. I'm shrinking back to my own destruction. 
And if I understand, if I shrink back, God finds no pleasure in me. That I got to find the strength to let patience have its perfect work. And I got to keep pressing on. I got to endure the agony of faith. And I got to just keep believing when everything in me says it ain't working. And my eyes are lying to me. My ears are lying to me. My own emotions are lying to me. I got to count him faithful who promised. He never said this was my end. He said this was the beginning of a new thing. He didn't. If God didn't say it's over, baby, it ain't over. It might feel like it's over. It might look like it's over, but I'm pressing on to another level. There might be a hundred voices, a thousand voices who cry, you're going the wrong way. You're doing it the wrong way. But if you're doing what God told you, let every man be a liar. God and God alone tells the truth. Everyone say it's time to move. The trying is the testing, the proving. The proof to which your faith is put works out endurance. Patience means perseverance. Listen to this, which does not falter in hard times. Christian patience, listen, I... I, hmm. Christian patience, I, I, gotta, I know i got to bring this to a close. Christian patience is much more than passive submission. Actually, it's not passive submission at all. Submission is a yielding to an outside power, influence, or environment. As children of God, we submit to no one but God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, not under the oppressiveness of your environment, but we yield ourselves under the mighty hand. We submit ourselves only to God. We don't listen. What are you saying, Pastor? It's not about submitting to an environment. It's not about some patience does not mean I sit by the campfire of life and sing Kumbaya, my Lord. Whatever will be will be. The devil can torment me. That's not patience. And it's not humility, it's stupidity. And what, as one wise preacher once said, and that'd be me, there is a difference. Humility is not submitting to my environment. Humility is submitting to the will of God. So that means that I resist the devil. Hmm. We march on and we move on. Because we yield to no power but his. In each and every season of life, our faith is unrelenting and unyielding. Always pressing on. Always believing. Can I say that again? In every season of life, we hold on to our faith. In every, It doesn't mean that season of life is enjoyable. How many of you ever had an unjoy, unenjoyable season of life? About 90% of you are liars. We'll have a massive altar call at the end of this service. Every one of us have endured seasons where we wish they would have never occurred. We've been betrayed. We've been lied to. We've been abandoned. We made bad choices. We may lose a lot of things as we go through life. You might lose watches, you might lose keys, you might lose friends. Don't lose your faith. 
In every season of faith, keep believing God is with me. God is for me. For God so loved the world, and maybe I'm part of that world. That none would perish. Break it down. None would perish. That means I ain't going to die in this season. But that all would come to everlasting life. Is this okay this morning? We keep moving by faith, and in every season, they're going to say what they want to say, but we just keep walking. Keep believing that God causes all things to work together for our good. Everyone say, it's time to move. Sometimes people do what we'd hoped they wouldn't do, and things don't turn out as we expected, but we keep moving. God gave us time. There's a time. Have you ever noticed time only moves in one direction? I know there's sci-fi movies, but baby, there ain't no time machine. Time keeps moving in one direction. We take a hint from that. We keep moving in one direction. There's times when it would be so much better to sit down and let life pass us by. There ain't no denying that sometimes it's a struggle. But time, we're creatures of time. Time moves in one direction relentlessly. Even when we want it to stop, it don't stop. <laughs> there is no freeze-framing time. There's no freeze-framing the people of God. Why? Because they're always on the move. They're marching onward. They're marching upward. They're enduring the changing of the seasons. And when it's winter, they're walking in faith. When it's summer, they're walking in faith. When it's fall, they're walking in faith. When it's summertime, they're walking in. I'm bringing it to a close. Y'all are so quiet. I don't know if you're getting it or if it's just. Success, says Winston Churchill, is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's only the courage to continue on that counts. One of the greatest tragedies in life is to watch people who love God. And you know they love God. But they get stuck with what God did years ago where God was years ago. And they never move on. We can't be like that. They build an altar to what God did and stay where God was. And people say, but pastor, wasn't that God's providence when we moved into this building? Or wasn't God that God's providence when he gave me that job? Or wasn't it God's providence when he gave me that house? And the answer is yes, and we celebrate what he did in years past, but we don't camp out there. Are you following me? It's not about disdaining the day of small beginnings. It's not about looking down on what God did, but it's celebrating what God did. But when God wants to do a new thing in your life, it's finding the courage to move on, to let go of the old and say it's time to move. Some people don't like change. They fight it at all costs. And change affects all of us, and we each deal with change differently. The only constant in life, one man said, is change. If we don't change, we won't grow. But listen to this, and I'm bringing it to a close. There is times when we need to resist change. I'm not talking about change for change's sake. But when God moves, we've got to move with him. 
There are sometimes we fight for things to stay the same, and there are other times we got to let it go. Pastor, how do we know the difference? My sheep. Once again, God will never afford you a life that doesn't require faith. God will never afford you a life where you don't need to hear his voice. And we can never mistake the voice of the masses for the voice of God. Because sometimes God will say things different than everyone else in our lives. This is why as a people, and I'm I'm chasing a rabbit right here, but this is why as a people we've got to be very careful who we talk to. I've said years ago, if I need wisdom, I don't go to a fool. I don't. You want to know why? Because he's a fool. How can he give me what he doesn't have? If I want financial advice, I don't go to a homeless person. I don't go to someone who's broken, ask him what to do with my money. If I want marital advice, I don't go to somebody who's been divorced five times and is living with a sixth. So there are times I don't need to go and ask a human what to do. I need to just shut myself up with God. Listen to two or three people and then listen to God. You ask too many, you get confused. And when you're confused, you don't know which direction to go. And when you don't know which direction to go, you tend to stand still because you're scared. But God's not given us the spirit of fear. Through prayer and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, we realize that this is change. Even if difficult, tiring and painful, it's God, so we embrace it. And in closing, I want to say RLC, God has given us an opportunity to grow. And the question is, will we stand together as a congregation? Will we celebrate growth in each other's life? Or will we shrink back? Stand to your feet. Understand this about faith. It always involves in the natural realm, and I'm speaking of the natural realm. In the natural realm, faith always involves risk. But that's only because we see things with natural eyes and reason than with natural intellect. In the spirit, faith is sure. It's a solid foundation. So move in faith. Hmm. And as you step, even water becomes solid. As you step, you will not stumble. You will not fail. So let's lift our hands together. Prayer team, if you would, at this time, come forward. Prepare yourself when you come next week to see even more things gone. And after we pray, I got one thing I need to ask of you, so please don't just run off. Can we do something a little bit different? I just, can you hold the hands of someone near you? And I want us to pray for each other.
something just bubbled up on the inside of me. Recalling a time when the master had to look at one of his own loved ones and tell him that he was about to be sifted. He was about to be tried. And what's so interesting about that, the master of all grace and love and kindness didn't say, I prayed that you would not be tried. He said, but I've prayed for you that your faith would not falter. And then when you go through this, your faith will be of such kind you can strengthen the brethren. So I want us to spend just a few seconds, if you would, pray for the faith of the person next to you, the one you're holding their hands, both on either side. Let's pray for each other's faith. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the faith of your people. I thank you for faith that does not falter, Father. I thank you for faith that rests on a solid foundation of your grace. So, Lord, as each member of RLC prays for the other member of RLC, Lord, may our faith not only become glued one to another, but may it become stronger, Father, because it is glued together. And we declare to one another, you cannot fail because I will not let you go. I will not sin against God by ceasing to pray for you. I pray for you earnestly, and I pray for your success as if it were my own. I pray for your victory as if it were my own. I pray for your healing as if it were my own. I will not let you go. I will not let you fall. I will not let you falter. I will be the strength for you. I will give you my words. I will lend you my faith. I declare unto you in Jesus' name, you are not alone. You are surrounded by a household of faith. You have us praying for you. You have those praying for you. Do not be disheartened. Do not be discouraged. We are praying. God is listening. Your faith is made strong. Healing is yours. Breakthrough is yours. You have come this day into a household of faith. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. What we just did in becoming a threefold cord is not easily broken. Not easily broken. You just made the devil's job much harder. Hallelujah, Father. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And... If you're here this morning and you need prayer, I mean, if that wasn't enough for you, that's okay. You need more. These people up here know how to pray you through to the other side. And that's, listen, please understand this. Asking someone to pray with you is not a sign of weakness. It's really what we're supposed to be all about. Praying for one another, blessing one another, getting involved in each other's business. Don't. If you're at RLC, we're not going to let you suffer in silence. 
you might consider us nosy, but we're going to get up in your stuff because we're trying to be a family of faith. I don't I don't care. I don't it doesn't matter to me how big God lets us be. I don't want us to ever become so big that somebody can sit there Sunday after Sunday and suffer in silence. Amen. So if you need prayer, please come forward. If you don't need. Oh, this is what I want to ask you while I got your attention before you come forward this week. If we can uh, put up Jaleesa's number up on the screen again, because I want you to call her, because I may not answer if you call me. Um, I need four or five guys this week who can help me take our sign down off this roof up here. You don't got to be an acrobat. It's not hard. We just climb a ladder. We're on a very level surface up there. Our signs aren't heavy. They're aluminum. If we, I just, but if we can take them down, lower them down, and take them off. If I can get four or five guys this week. Um, if you'll just contact Jaleesa and say, I can be here. If we can get four or five guys at the same day, I can be here anytime. And let's just go ahead and get that sign down. That would be really, really appreciated. That's one of the big things we got to get done. And so if you all pitch in, that would be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Amen. Is God good? Amen. All right. If you need prayer, come forward. If not, you're dismissed to go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.